want you to ask yourself this question, and I want to help you answer that question tonight. How close are we to the rapture? How close are we? Is it a long ways from now? Is it something that we've got plenty of time to not think about it and just go on, just looking for pleasure and safety, and then maybe way out there somewhere Jesus will return? Or is it possible that we are closer than we think? Is it possible that the trumpet is about to sound? Is it possible that the eastern skies are about to open? Is it possible that the dead in Christ are about to rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord? Is that possible? How close are we to the rapture? Now, I told you a couple of weeks ago that I'm reading through the New International Version this year. I, every year I like to read the Bible through and I like to read it through different versions because it gives me various perspectives. So because of that, I'm gonna use the NIV tonight for my passage. So if you hear, or for all of my texts rather, so if you hear a couple of sermon, a couple of uh, phrases that may not be what you're used to in your version of the Bible, just turn to your version and keep up with me. So I'm gonna start in the book of Romans chapter 13. Now the book of Romans chapter 13 begins with an emphatic statement, and do this, and do this, is how he begins. It's not, it's not a suggestion. It's an emphatic statement that opens up that we need to do this. What is it that we need to do? And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has, what's the next word? Already come. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. Wait a minute, that doesn't mean I can do it tomorrow. That means I'm already late. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. Turn to someone and say the night is nearly over. Say this to them, it's dark but the night is nearly over. You might even be in a nightmare, but the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. I wanna say before I get into this sermon, this is not the time to be messing around. This is not the time to settle into your struggle and make excuses for it. This is not the time to be silent or prayerless. This is not the time to stop going to church. This is not the time. No, that might have been COVID, but this is not the time. Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some of as the manner of some is, and so much more when when you see the day approaching. This is not the time. This is not the time to stop tithing. This is not the time to stop witnessing. This is not the time to stop praying. This is not the time to sit back and worship. This is not the time. The day is almost here. 
Let us put the deeds of darkness aside and put on the armor of light. So the next question that many are asking is, well, everything you're about to tell us is from the Bible. How do we know that the Bible is reliable? How do we know that? How do we know, if you guys would just keep up with me from the back there, how do we know that the Bible is reliable to tell us the future? Now, and now, if the Bible isn't reliable, you have nothing to worry about because everything I'm gonna tell you about is in the Bible. So if the Bible isn't reliable, you don't have to worry about anything. I'm just one more preacher up here, you know, selling the gospel or all those things that we get accused of. I'm just one more voice. But if the Bible is reliable, then we need to wake up the time is past time for us to wake up and see what God is trying to tell us. Now, so that we would not be mistaken, Jesus gives us several signs of the times. Now, I wanna tell you about the signs of the times because the signs of the time is not the same as the rapture. The signs of the time is the pregnancy season. It's compared to a woman in labor, and he says when you see these signs, it is the same as a woman that knows she's about to have a baby, but she does not know when it's gonna happen. She's feeling contractions, but she doesn't know the day or the hour. Her water has broken, but she does not know the day or the hour. So the signs of the time are supposed to be contractions on the earth. These are the constructions. He gives us another sign. When you see the leaves changing color, you know that what is there? Autumn is there. Fall is here. Does anybody see leaves changing color? Is anyone doubting that autumn is here? No. Walk outside. There are signs everywhere that autumn is here. So Jesus gives us these signs of the time so that we will understand that we are near the time of the rapture. There is no sign of the day the rapture takes place. There's no sign, there's, there's a lot of, we can talk about the feasts of Israel and there's a lot of things and types and shadows that give us indication, but these are the signs that he told us to look for. Now understand this before I, I get through all of this list because I want you to see this list, but I also want you to understand what I'm gonna do with this list. These signs can't just be ordinary. Jesus said all of these signs must accelerate. So what we are looking for to know if we're close to the coming of the Lord is a convergence of signs. A convergence. Are all of these things happening with acceleration at the same time? He says, Heart attacks will happen. Men's hearts will fail them for fear of the things coming upon them. That's a sign. Do you know what anyone in the medical field can tell you out of all the diseases and out of all the issues that we face, the number one cause of death worldwide is heart attacks. Men's hearts will fail them. Violence will be in the land. As I go through these, check these off your list. Either yes or no. It's your question. I'm just posing this. This is the Bible. You can decide whether you want to believe it or not. Violence will be in the land. There will be wars and rumors of wars. Earthquakes will accelerate. Volcanoes will accelerate. Wildfires will accelerate. Nations will be in distress because of the roaring of the sea. That's hurricanes and tsunamis. 
Now, I was born in the 60s, so I do like the 70s music. I was born in the 60s, and I can tell you that never in my lifetime until a few years ago have I ever witnessed seven hurricanes at one time headed toward a country. Never in my lifetime. We see those things now. We have what we call hurricane seasons now. That wasn't the case before. Nations will be in distress because of the roaring of the seas. Nations are gonna rise against nations and then you're gonna see, you're gonna see ethnic cleansings and ethnic wars. Kingdom or ethnos will rise against ethnos. You're gonna see pestilence. That means the things you eat will kill you because of the pesticides that are being, anybody think that's a problem? Famine, you wouldn't think that would exist in the world today, but it still does, and it's horrible in some areas, and cosmic activities. He said also that you would notice this by two particular signs that mimic the days of Noah. Men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Wow, does that ring a bell anywhere? that people love pleasure more than God. I'm not talking about the church, I'm talking about the world, but I am also talking about the church. That men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, but the days of Noah were not destroyed simply because of that. The days of Noah were, called because, were destroyed because they were eating and drinking and giving in marriage, so there was a lot of drunkenness and lewdness in that day, but the primary reason that God destroyed the earth is because of violence, and we'll come back to that in a moment. And then finally, he said, you're going to see an, an, an increase of sexual sin. Sometimes when we think of the days of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, we think about homosexuality because that's a part of that story. But you need to read the whole story of Sodom and Gomorrah. It's a lot more than that. It's a lot more than homosexuality. It is perverse sexual sin everywhere. And he says that when you come into I remember a time when I grew up that I would go, I, I, there was no way that it was possible for me to see a pornographic image as a kid. It just wasn't possible. Uh, they were all covered in the drugstore where they sold them on the top shelf, and they were all covered, and there was no way to see it unless you had some drunk uncle somewhere that had one hidden under the bed and you found out about it. Then, then maybe you might stumble across one in your lifetime. Nowadays, anybody that has a cell phone can pull it up in five seconds. It's everywhere. And it's, it's, a, it's a downward spiral of degradation that never ends. You get high on this and it doesn't work anymore, so you take another step down. And you get high on that and it doesn't work anymore, so you keep going down, down into depravity. He says, as it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com, or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to hope in the word. So let's look at a few of these signs of the time, and I'm going to get into the part about Israel in just a moment, but I want you to see that these signs are not just here, they are accelerating. Let's start with volcanoes. 
he said that we're going to see volcanic activity accelerate and the acceleration is like a voice that is getting louder the closer you get to the coming of the Lord. This particular graph is from the Smithsonian Institute and it is measuring seismic activity, or excuse me, it is measuring volcanic activity from 1400, and this particular graph goes to the year 2000, which means you have to add 23 years beyond that. So look at what's happening in the, in the volcanic activity of the world starting in 1400 all the way to now. Somebody say accelerate. Jesus said, when you see it accelerate, it's like a voice getting louder saying Jesus is coming soon. And it's getting louder. Well, that's just one sign. If he only gave us one sign, we could say, you know, that could be a coincidence. But how about the next sign? He said earthquakes. Now, he didn't just say earthquakes. He said earthquakes in diverse places, which means some people use that word as diverse places, meaning many places, and you can say that, but diverse places is where you dive, so that's in the ocean, and that literally means that tsunami activity comes from the earthquakes in the ocean, which we have begun to see escalated in our lifetime. And understand this, this is a graph on seismology from 1901 to 2011, does anybody see any acceleration? If you see acceleration, then you know that Jesus said it's a voice getting louder that is saying Jesus is coming soon. So we've seen volcanoes, we've seen earthquakes. How about wildfires? Did you remember wildfires growing up? Some of you are in my age category. I don't remember ever hearing about wildfires growing up, but it's a sign for the end time. This is the wildfire chart from 1985 to 2015, and it goes beyond that. Can anyone see acceleration? The higher it gets, the closer we get. We are nearing the coming of the Lord just from the signs of the time. Now, Jesus gives us these signs in Matthew 24 to mark the season of birth pains, to mark the season that we know that, that a woman is about to go into labor because of all these birth pains around there. But there's another prophecy that is more specific. And the thing you need to understand about this specific prophecy is that it is, it is saved for the time of the end. Now, when did the end day, when did the end time start? Well, you can measure that back, you know, hundreds of years ago, if you want to say that, and say we've been in the end times a long time ago. I've heard people preaching about the coming of the Lord, singing songs about the coming of the Lord, but Daniel gave a prophecy in Daniel chapter 12, verse 4, and I want you to see what Daniel said in his prophecy. If you'll put that up for me, guys. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the when... The time of the end. Okay, now this is different from end times. This is the end of the end times. So if it was the times, if it was the end times, then we could say, oh, this means that something is about to happen. But he said, no, I'm giving you only two signs, only two, and these two signs will not only accelerate, they will astound you in their rate of, of acceleration as you get closer to the coming of the Lord. Here are the two signs he gives us. The first sign is that there will be an increase or an acceleration in travel, men running to and fro. 
The second sign is the sign of knowledge increasing. Okay, so let's look at this. Until 1900, all previous civilizations from the, from the time of Adam used animals, horses and mules and buggies and boats for all of their travel. Now guys, think about that. That's only 123 years ago. 123 years ago. All travel was horse and buggy. There are people alive, maybe even someone in this room, that you traveled in horse and buggy in your lifetime. I had several elders at Twin Rivers that used to tell me, we used to go to church in a buckboard. We used to go to church in horse and buggies because when you think about it, um, that doesn't mean everything stopped 100 years ago. Really, people didn't start getting cars until about 80 years ago. So if you're over the age of 80, the chances are that you traveled that way in your lifetime. But he said it's going to increase. So in 1902, the first public production of cars on an assembly line happened, which happened to be the Oldsmobile. And the first commercial airline did not take flight until 1939 when the public could actually fly on a commercial airline. Before then, international travel took months, and now you can go overseas in just a few hours. The interesting thing about that, now I'm gonna get on a, I'm gonna get on a plane tomorrow and I'm gonna fly for 24 hours. Now you won't know that because I'll be back here next Tuesday and I'll be in service next Tuesday. But I will fly, it'll, I will leave tomorrow at 11 and I will arrive the next day at 11.15 and I'll preach four times and launch ISO Espanol in the country of Chile and in South America, and then I will fly back home and I'll be here in church next Tuesday night. My eyes may be blurry, but I'll be standing. I'm wearing my shouting shoes because it's a healing service, so I'll be here. But here's what you need to understand. That kind of travel was impossible. A 100 years ago, it would take you three months just to go from the USA to Europe, three months by boat to get there. You can go there right now in nine hours and 30 minutes in any commercial airlines, and if you take the Concorde jet, you can make that same flight in two hours and 52 minutes. You can get to Europe. So he said knowledge will increase. Well, well that's flight, that, that's travel, so travel has increased, right? So how about knowledge? Has knowledge increased? Does anyone think knowledge has increased in your lifetime? So let's look at knowledge increasing because that's the next sign that he said. In 1991, the whole world changed because of something that we now call the web, which is called the World Wide Web. 1994, the 1G flip phone came out. Some of you still love that phone. You still have that phone. 2004, Facebook was launched. That changed the world, literally did. Twitter came out 2006. Instagram is 13 years old now. Came out in 2010, excuse me, 23 years, no, that's 13 years old. And then artificial intelligence came out before this year, but this is the year we're in now, it's 2023. Now we are in the year of AI intelligence. Now what does that mean for us? Well, here's what you need to understand about acceleration of knowledge. During the time of Jesus, knowledge doubled every 250 years. Put that back up there if you, if you don't mind, guys. 
During the time of Jesus, knowledge doubled every 250 years. By 1945, knowledge doubled every 25 years. And by 2023, now, because of AI technology, information and knowledge doubles every 12 hours. Every 12 hours, there's twice as much information in the world as there was. Since you got up this morning, the information of the world has doubled and is going to be doubled again by the time you get up in the morning. Now think about this. The time of Jesus, it took 250 years for knowledge to double. And now knowledge doubles because of AI technology every single 12 hours. So what is AI technology? What does that mean to us in the church in the end time? Artificial intelligence, what does that mean? Well, I think, first of all, and don't, don't quote me in this so you hear the entire, you know, everything I'm about to say about this. Let me finish my thoughts before you come to any conclusion. I think AI technology is announcing the coming of the Antichrist. That's what I think. I don't think it is the Antichrist. Of course, it can't be the Antichrist, but it is the technology that the Antichrist will use to take over what will be no, what, what the conditions of the world at that time. See, artificial intelligence is a life form that is now influencing people around the world through algorithms, search histories, and the word we speak. For instance, if you talk to someone about dog food, you will get a ad on your phone or in your email about dog food. How many of you can say that's happened to me before? All right, that's everybody with a smartphone. You can talk about birdhouses and you're gonna get birdhouses come up because what? They're always listening. People are trying to prevent them from listening, but they're always listening. You can't really stop it. You can speak to Alexis, you can speak to Siri, you can speak to, you can speak to whatever search engine you wanna to talk to, but the Google Assistant or your smartphone, they're always listening. And here's the thing, we are now engaging in live conversations with AIs all the time. What time is it? Um, what is the temperature? And we accept the answers they give us. Which means, unvetted, if someone says, who is Jesus, and they believe the AIs, it can tell them anything they want. Not according to, but whatever research they're pulling from in that moment, they can actually, they can actually talk to them. Um, I witnessed this one day. My parents are still alive. My dad's 82. My mom is about to turn 80. And they live in Tacoa, Georgia. And they came to visit us here. We live in Ottawa, and they came to visit us here. And uh, they were leaving our house to go see some friends in Chickamauga. And my dad is a very country man. He needs a translator in most places. I understand all the words he invents and says, gitchy, sitchy, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, he's probably watching tonight. Hey, Dad. Get yourself in here and sit yourself down. That's the kind of stuff my dad says. And he invents a lot of words like that. Boy, howdy, who says that? He, he says that. And Mike Roberts says that. So, uh, but, but, 
my dad uses words like that, and because of his accent from Appalachia, Siri doesn't always know what he's saying. And so my dad's in his car. He needs to get to Chickamauga from my house to go visit a friend, and he says directions to Chickamauga. But I didn't even understand he said Chickamauga, so I know Siri didn't have any idea. And so she asked politely, ask him a question, would you repeat that? I can't find that. So he gets louder. Obviously, that's what you're supposed to do, right? When you're speaking to someone they don't understand, you just talk louder. So he gets louder, and he says it again. And he gets louder, and he says it again. And then my mother pats him on the leg and says, Sammy, quit yelling at that woman. She's only trying to help you. (laughs) And I realized in that moment that my mother thinks there is a telephone operator on the other end of the phone with an atlas map, and she's about to tell my dad how to get to Chickamauga, but she can't understand where he's trying to get to. And the truth is, we speak to AIs all the time, and we don't even fully understand that even though this is harmless in most cases, it is, it is not, a, it is not a, a scheme. What we, what we need to understand is they're, they're forever collecting information that whether it's used against you or not ever, it will be used. I mean, now they have our eyes. They have our facial. I mean, you can't open most phones without your facial, uh, without recognition. They have our fingerprints. They have our retina scans. I mean, if you go to the airport, they've got every bit of that already. And so we're in a day and time that we understand that knowledge has increased. Well, why do I think that has something to do with the Antichrist? Because the prophets that tried to foretell this speaks about all of these talking statues. But you have to understand in their time, in Daniel's time, and in, in John's time on the Isle of Patmos, they had no reference to anything, any technological uh, advancement at all. So they see a talking statue. We would call that a hologram. We would call that an LED screen. They might, we might even call that a television set but they have no reference to it whatsoever. So they're describing this imagery that they don't fully understand how to describe because they don't understand that knowledge will be increased. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand his kingdom around the world.